Like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through. When you don't know what to do, keep breathing. Hey, that's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From City of Angels in Los Angeles, the Big Apple in New York City, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the caregiver's caregiver, caregiverdave.com. And my, I'm usually here with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg, from the Caregiver Space, but she was not feeling well today. And either that or she had something else to do. I mean, it is New Year's Eve, after all. And why am I here? Because I, I'm just chilling out at home and I got nothing else better to do. And I figured, you know, I missed uh, Christmas Eve, so I don't I don't want to miss two weeks in a row. Some of you guys are relying on me and you won't know what to do if I've gone for two weeks in a row. So here I am. And I thought that today I would talk about my new book that I've been writing and editing. And it is so hard. It's harder to edit a book than it is to write it. But uh, let me continue with my introduction. So this is actually a live show, and we put the phone number down in Facebook Live. And so if you are interested in chatting with me, you can do that. Um, We are on 21 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, Podcast.com, SoundCloud, HealthyLife.net, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, MixCloud, Listen Notes, Blueberry, Player FM, Podcast.com, VIP Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, Facebook Live, Oh, Owl's Tale, Ubook, <laughs> CastBox, and of course, CaregiverDave.com. And I know those are an awful lot of things to read every single day, but you know, I'm just going to do it. Call in numbers for those of you that are would like to talk to me. I know everybody says, oh, you know, I wish I could talk to you, I wish I could call you. Well, you know, I do coaching. And uh, it's not free, but uh, if you sign up for my membership website, which is only $97 for the rest of your life, one-time fee, you get access to years and years and years and years of all the stuff that I've done, videos, blogs, articles, uh, you name it, it's on there. You get one hour of coaching free with me, and I get usually $300 an hour. I give special packages if you get you know, more than one hour, but... For $97, you get a $300 coaching session with me. Now, that's worth it. Now, I can hear some of you say, oh, $300. You know what? 30% of you caregivers die out there because you don't know how to put your needs first. You don't know how to ask for help. You don't know how to put your oxygen mask on first. And, excuse me, a lot of you have a lot of issues that are not going to be solved by reading a book or watching a video or uh, reading a blog. You need some counseling, some coaching to get you on the right track. And I will give you homework to do. And then you come back and you, I say, okay, did you do it? You know, we can give you two free 30-minute sessions. And I'm telling you, most people are good after one hour of my coaching because I get right to the problem, you know. I'm not concerned about offending you. If I need to tell you something you need to hear and you need to hear it and I'm afraid you're going to I'm going to hurt your feelings. Well, it's better that your feelings are hurt than you become a 30% statistic and you die. 
So I, I don't don't think I'm cold hearted and mean and cruel and all of that. I just I'm a coach and it's my job to push you out of your comfort zone so that you can heal and you can be the best caregiver. Not just I don't want you just surviving, holding on by by uh, your fingernails. Remember that that poster you probably all saw in the seventies. It was this cat who was drenching wet, and she's just holding on, you know. And uh, the sign underneath it said, hang in there. And many of us caregivers feel like that's what we are. We're just hanging in there by our fingernails, by the skin of our teeth. We don't want you to do that. You don't have to do that. I'm living proof that you can thrive as a caregiver. Now, everyone's caregiving issues and loved ones are different. I acknowledge that. Some are worse than others. Some have got it really, 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 really bad. And some of us just have it bad. You know, and I'm fortunate that I don't have it really, 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 really bad. But you know what? If I did, I would have a better attitude. I would work toward getting just bad instead of eight bads. Because that's that's my attitude, because all things are possible. I have faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ, and he says that all things are possible, that I can do all things. So especially with his help, okay, I can't do this by myself. I don't know if you're religious or you believe in God or anything like that, but I don't know how people who don't believe in God survive caregiving. Uh, and that's the point. We don't want to just survive it. We want to thrive at caregiving. And I've been thriving at caregiving. You know, for those of you who don't know my story, I've been doing this for 23 freaking years. That's a long time. And it's not that bad anymore. It's kind of just a new normal. And my wife and I have a great relationship. We almost broke up. We almost killed each other. But now we get along great. We laugh. We we travel. We're going to Hawaii next month with the, with the kids. And, I mean, I am just a happy guy and she's happy. There's a smile on my face. There's a smile on her face. There's a twinkle in my eye. There's a twinkle in her eye. There's joy in our hearts because we have learned that you can not just survive caregiving, but thrive. Okay, let me get back to my script. We're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and one of the top six best podcasts by Caring.com as well as number three podcast out of thousands of podcasts on Caregiver uh, on Feedspot. Sorry about that. And we have an exciting show planned for you today uh, because it's me. <laughs> Usually I have guests, but, you know, I wasn't going to try to book a guest on New Year's Eve. I mean, that's just cruel, right? Um, it's a day off and people just need to relax. And some are going to go to a party tonight. Some are just going to stay home and and, you know, watch whatever's on TV, all those old movies. But uh, just a reminder, you can watch or listen to all of our interviews, all of our past interviews on our membership website. If you're a member, caregiverdave.com or any of other, or any of our other 21 global platforms that I mentioned earlier, like iHeartRadio and YouTube and iTunes and all that stuff. I know when you're driving in your car, you know, don't just listen to junk. Listen to my podcast because they will help you stay alive. They will help you thrive. All right, enough of that. So let's get into this. I want to talk about uh, my new book that I have been writing. I mean, I started writing it almost a year ago, January. I went to Hawaii for, the, for, for a whole month just to write this book. And I, I did it. I wrote it. 
But then I brought it home, uh, waited two or three months because I was so burned out from writing intensely for a month, even though it was in Hawaii. <laughs> but um, after I got to it in about four months, I looked at it and I said, oh, my God, do I really talk like this? Because it needed terrible editing. Uh, I've come to realize I've never transcribed a book before. Usually I just write it you know, from my heart. But um, I noticed, because this comes from my five minutes of Dave's hammock wisdom videos. And for those of you who don't know that story, I've been laying on hammocks all my life, and I get a lot of wisdom on hammocks. I, 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 so I talk to God, I pray, I listen, I reflect, I meditate. I, I solve the world's problems, and I solve my problems, and I solve my friends' problems. As a teenager, they used to come to me and say, Hey, Dave, you know, I wanted, I like this girl, and she won't like me. What should I do? And I'll tell them what to do. And if they listen to me, they get a girl. And if they don't, because of fear or whatever, they come back and say, It didn't work. I said, Did you try it? Uh, kind of. What do you mean, kind of? What did you say? No, I didn't. I didn't tell you to say that. I told you to say this. Well, I thought it would sound better if I said it this way. Said, oh, my gosh, you know. People don't listen. Is it any wonder that uh, coaches charge money? I mean, I used to not charge money and used to give my free coaching, and nobody took my advice. And they would come back later, just like what I told you. And they they said, well, I still have a problem. It got worse. And I said, did you do what I said? No. I said, well, that's why. Maybe one out of uh, 50, maybe 100 will take my advice, and they come back with with uh, a great testimony, few and far between, because I realize that people don't really want your advice when they ask you for advice, right? Have you noticed that? You say, hey, can you, I, I want to do this, you know, and can, yeah, here's my options. What should I do this or should I do that? Should I wear the red dress or should I wear the blue dress? And you pick the red one and they, they wear the blue one because they didn't want your advice. They just wanted your approval because they've already made up their mind what they're going to do. I got a friend, and he's notorious for this. He keeps coming to me and asking my advice. I say, I'm not going to give you my advice because you never follow my advice. No, really, please. He was an employee. He called me boss. No, boss, really. And I says, no, no, no. I said I was never going to do it again. It was like five, six times. And and so he he was telling me that, you know, he uh, he bought a car, a new car, because he wanted to be an Uber driver, but then... His wife wants him to go back to Mexico because that's where she's been living because she doesn't want to live here and he doesn't want to live there and they've been living apart. And finally, I, I love my wife. I want to go. And I says, uh, all right, are you sure? Yes. So I, I drive with him down to Van Nuys where he bought the car and I tell him what to do. We're just going to drop the car off. We're going to put a, a note on there saying, you know, that um, we were pressured, and, and this was like the day before he bought the car. And so uh, we pulled it off. We dropped the car off, and we left. And he said, oh, boss, I forgot my stuff in the car. I said, no, clean getaway. And we had to go back. I sent him in to get his stuff, and he never came out. Uh, I get a text, boss, I decided to keep the car. Oh, he did it again. He just doesn't follow my advice. Now, obviously, that meant, because he told me before that he 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 wanted uh, to stay in this country more than he loved his wife. That's what he told me before. Uh, but then, by his actions, uh, that was true. I, I, I said it wrong. I, what he originally said was that he loved his wife more than he wanted to stay in this country. That's why we were going to take the car back. 
but what he what he actually meant because his actions speak louder than words <laughs> it didn't matter what he was his words said is that he loved living in this country more than he loved his wife I guess he figured, you know, if she loves me, she's going to live where I live. I'm the man of the house, whatever. So that's why I say all of that to tell you that uh, advice is only as good as what you pay for it. You know, uh, I realize a lot of people were taking my free advice and your subconscious says, well, how much is this advice worth? How much should I pay for it? Uh, nothing. It was free. Well, what do we do with free things? We throw them away. We don't value them. Now. If you go and you pay a lot of money uh, for some advice, you're going to listen, man, I paid a lot of money. I got you know, I'm not going to throw that money away. Or the doctors, what do they tell you? Uh, if you miss your appointment, it's still going to charge you $100 or $80, whatever they charge. And when you, uh, you know, have a late night and maybe you drank too much beer and the next morning you got to get up at 7 to go to see the doctor at 8 and you don't feel like doing it, uh, unless you remember that they're going to charge you whether you show up or not, uh, you're going to get up. You're going to go to that thing. Otherwise, you're just going to shine it on and roll over and, and uh, you know, keep sleeping. Well, let's get to my book, okay? Because uh, so I just went through the whole book again. God, it took me. Uh, you know, I'm a very busy guy. I have a gas station. I'm a caregiver. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm running the radio show. I do so many things, and I, I just find it so hard to get time to edit this book. You know, I try to do one hour a day, but it's more like a couple hours a week. So starting from April or May, I started editing the 99 Lessons, because it's 99 Lessons Learned Living Life, Dave's Hammock Wisdom. And I just finished the other day going through the entire uh, book, and it really needed a lot of help because the way I speak isn't appropriate in printed form. <laughs> you know, you have to speak in the right tense. You can't say um or er or you know. you got to take all those out. You can't repeat words. I mean, there's so many things to writing, and I have learned a lot just writing this book because... Um, hopefully I can speak better writing the book, but I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that one. Anyway, I am starting. That's that's not just one time. You have to do it. You got to do it again and again and again. You got to read it again until you can't find any more mistakes. So I started reading it again the other day, and I had to fix a few things here and there. Not many, but a few. Not as many as the first time around. So I'll read it again. And it'll take less time. Maybe I can get it done in one month. And then I'll read it again, and it'll take even less time. And maybe I can get it done in two weeks. And then I'll read it again in less time. Maybe it might only take a week. And when I can read it for the last time and I can't find a single thing to change, now it's ready to go to the publisher. So I, my goal is to get this thing finished by the first quarter. So it's eight, uh, January, February, March. So I'm shooting for April 1st, April Fool's Day. That's a good day to to launch a book, right? So probably before that, I'll have a pre-launch with, um, with uh, you know, um, uh, Amazon. Now, hold on one second. I've got to take this call because I'm a caregiver. This could be an emergency, so don't go away. Our featured speaker is a best-selling author who has written numerous books and articles. He's a speaker, life coach, and host 
of Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program. He frequently appears on television and radio shows all across the country and has even shared the stage with Suzanne Summers at Harvard. But his most important role is caregiver to his beautiful wife, Charlene, for over 22 years. Please welcome Mr. Dave Nassani! I want to share with you a love story. In a couple of weeks, my wife and I will be celebrating 44 years of being together. My wife, Charlene, and I had a fairy tale, storybook, romance, courtship, and marriage for the first 21 years of our lives together. One day out of nowhere, my wife has a headache, the headache of her life. She suffered a massive stroke and it left her severely speech impaired and paralyzed on the right side. And in that moment, our world turned upside down. I gotta tell you, the next two years was like a living hell. I just didn't know what to do. I felt guilty most of the time. I became a caregiver. I didn't even know what a caregiver was. I was experiencing the same problems that other caregivers experienced. If you don't take care of you, I can't take care of her. Well, that's why I wrote the book. Now I can teach other caregivers. I'm living proof that you can thrive as a caregiver. My wife and I travel now all over the world sharing our story. One day, life is gonna call upon you to be the captain of your boat. Heck, you might be saving your own life. Thank you. And we are back to the Caregiver Dave Show. And I'm sorry for the interruption, but sometimes, you know, you get a phone call and you gotta just, uh, you just got to go with it because I'm a caregiver. And, uh, you know, even though I put my, myself and my needs first, uh, we got to answer the phone here. So let's get to my book because I want to share it with you to get, uh, you know, share some excitement with you. So there's a chapter in here, and they're not really chapters. They're just like mini chapters. They're five minutes a day's hammock wisdom. So, you know, it's it's... It'd probably take you five minutes or less to read it. So I'm going to read one of my little lessons, and I think it's the first lesson. I need to go through this and put these like in a good order. I just they're just kind of random right now. Excuse me. Uh, okay, this one is called "Take Time to Reflect." All right. In December, I was riding my bicycle in my neighborhood on a nice, hot, sunny day. I was feeling extremely grateful to be alive and living in a part of the country that allows me to do this. Most of the country was under snow at the time. It was a perfect day for writing. A nice cool wind with a hot sun. I was writing shirtless in Southern California. You girls are jealous of that, I know. It just doesn't get any better for a bicyclist than that. So as I was riding in the mountains, the only sounds I heard were that of birds singing. They were singing their songs. There were no man-made noises from cars on the freeway that we'd usually hear because I was going back into the mountains. No sounds from trains or factories. I honestly felt one with nature. I became instantly aware of my breathing in oxygen, and that oxygen was created by all these beautiful trees around me. I remembered that it was those very trees using my carbon dioxide that was coming out of my mouth that I was exhaling to produce more of that precious oxygen that I needed to inhale. This was the circle of life. My mind felt clearer than usual, clearer than usual in this atmosphere of fresh oxygen that I was inhaling. 
I think that everybody needs to go outside regularly, away from man-made things, and participate in an activity that makes them feel one with nature as well. Pick your nature, the wilderness, the mountains, the desert, or the beach. Every now and then, go out and meditate, pray, or contemplate. Look up into the sky, those beautiful clouds framed by that magnificent blue sky. And I don't mean those man-made chemtrails. Uh, Google that if you don't know what they are. <laughs> Just realize that you are blessed no matter where you live. Remember that 95% of the world does not have what you own, nor can they take advantage of the opportunities that come your way. Whatever pain, suffering, or problems that you think you have, you probably would not want to trade places with the rest of the world and their problems. No other country is as blessed as a country that gives its citizens freedom, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Even though there are people out there who would argue with me about America, for example, being blessed because they may say that we robbed the Native Americans and stole their land. Well, I say the past is past. That's P-A-S-T is P-A-S-S-E-D. And I didn't do any of that. There have been atrocities committed by everyone in every country of the world. However, we are more enlightened today hopefully, and I would like to think that we never would do those things again. Uh, there will always be evil people and evil governments in this world, guaranteed. Rewriting history books and removing ancient monuments that seem offensive today will rob future generations to, er to learn about their past and what we learned from it. Ben Franklin was quoted as saying, he who does not learn from the past will be destined to repeat it. I'm just going to take one minute because I see a typo here. <laughs> if I don't fix it now, I'll never find it. They are very, very hard to find, you know. They hide. So that's why I have my aunt and my friend and a couple other people go through when I'm done and say, okay, find all the typos. And Oh, you start circling, circling, circling. How did you find that? I couldn't see those. All right, back to the book. Um, ben Franklin was quoted as saying, he who does not learn from the past will be destined to repeat it. All that anyone can do in life is to be responsible for their own actions and to make this world a better place to those that we leave it to. Now, we all need to travel forward, not backwards in life. Stop believing that this world or this country or whatever, whoever is in the White House is a disaster, regardless of which party you belong to. Sometimes you will love the person who is in the White House, and sometimes you will not. <laughs> but, you know, we, we take turns, don't we? And don't be a sore loser and sore, sour grapes. We get the government that we all deserve because so few people who are eligible will even vote. Is that unbelievable? When that happens, only a small group decides who runs the country. That's not fair. You don't like that? Then vote. Many of your ancestors sacrificed their, sacrificed their lives so that you can vote. America is far from perfect, but it is still the best government on earth that offers the best opportunities for a better life than anywhere else on this planet. Just ask an immigrant who comes into this country uh, why they're coming here. Uh, 
Some countries build walls to keep them in. We build walls to keep them out because this is a blessed, blessed place, and we need rules. I'm very privileged that my grandfather decided to move here from Aleppo, Syria. He escaped the Armenian genocide in 1911, and he brought his young 15-year-old bride with him to start a new life in a new world and to become an American citizen in exchange for fighting for the U.S. in World War I. You are the master of your domain. We all have our little spheres of influence, and we can get pretty upset when someone invades our space. Whatever your problem or issues are, take control and responsibility over them. My wife had a stroke. She lost her speech and became paralyzed on her right side. Many people thought that would be the end of our happiness. And for a while, I believed them. Uh, they thought that I was going to be an inmate and receive a life sentence in caregiver prison. Many caregivers in my situation have chosen to feel just that way. I, on the other hand, have chosen not to possess that negative attitude. I made sure that my disabled wife would see my positive attitude, and soon it became contagious. After a while, she reinvented herself, and now her positive attitude makes everyone else look like whiners and complainers. I can't complain about anything in front of her. She gives me this look like, oh, yeah, try walking 24 hours in my shoes, buddy. <laughs> She's now an inspiration to me and to everybody who meets her. That's today's wisdom. Remember to be thankful and grateful, to count your blessings, enjoy your surroundings, and to be the master of your own domain by taking the time to reflect on your life. Well, that's just chapter one. I hope you enjoyed it. But there are other things in the book. Um, it's just little snippets of wisdom. I mean, how I advertised it, you know, these videos that... If you're having a rough time with your loved one, for example, an argument, or they won't follow your directions, or you just, you know, had to clean up crap from all over the floor because, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get too graphic. But, and you just need to, like, lock yourself in the bathroom for five minutes. Take your phone with you. And one of these five minutes of Dave's Hammock Wisdom uh, videos can just help you, give you a new outlook on life, a new attitude, new perspective. And all that comes on my membership website. Now, all my stuff is somewhere on the Internet. It would take you a long time to find everything because it's like scattered, like looking for a needle in a haystack. But on the Internet, on my website, uh, caregiverdave.com, it is organized. You want a topic, you type in the topic, and everything on that topic comes up. Uh, videos, blogs, articles, you name it, it's there. Um, I'm, this is my fourth book that I'm writing. And the first one was One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships. You get the free ebook on that one by joining the membership. And then my second book has nothing to do with caregiving, but it has to do with what I do for a living. I'm a businessman. I own a gas station. Used to own five. Now I own one. And 40 years now uh, I've owned this station. 45 years I've been in the industry. I really started when I was 12 years old, working for my dad and my uncle and my cousin. I mean, we had gas stations all over the place, and I'm the only one left. Uh, everyone else either died off, or uh, that's a scary thought. I'm 66, going to be next month. Or they just went out of business, or they decided to get out of the business, you know. And that's, that's all I'm going to say about that, I think. But uh, it's called, by the way, uh, Getting Hosed, Secrets, Confessions, 
Secrets, Confessions, and Tales of a Gas Station Owner. And many times when I go to parties or get-togethers and people find out I own a gas station, I'm, I'm like the, the life of the party because they all want to know. They, nobody knows anybody who has a gas station, and they want to know because this was like during the times of the gas shortages and gas was on everybody's mind. You know, it was getting more and more expensive. It went from 22 cents a gallon up to 50 cents a gallon. Everybody was freaking out. Then it went from 50 cents to a dollar, and everybody was freaking out. Then it went to a dollar to two dollars. They freaked out. Then it went to $3. They freaked out again. $4. They freaked out. Recently, uh, I don't know, about seven years ago, it went to $5 for the first time. They freaked out. It came back down. Now, you know, why is gas selling for $2.29 in Georgia, for example, and it's selling for $3.79 here in California? Well, there's lots of reasons. Read the book. And they have questions like, well, does premium uh, work better in your car than regular? Is it worth the extra money? Uh, do you get to set your own prices? Do the oil companies uh, force you to decide what to sell? Um, you know, is it is it worth it to uh, to go to uh, those cheap gas stations that sell, you know, like Costco, or should I stick with the major oil companies? All these questions. Well, they're all answered in the book because. I got tired of answering them. Every time someone see me, they'd ask me the same question. So I wrote the book, and now I just say, here, read the book. Uh, many times I don't say here because I don't have the book. Third book, It's My Life Too, Reclaim Your Caregiver Sanity by Learning When to Say Yes and When to Say No. is perfect for caregivers who know they need to respond and change and put boundaries up and, and learn how to say yes, but they just don't know how, so I teach them. And it's a great book. It's a great book for caregivers. The first book uh, is really my memoirs, how we got through without killing each other, uh, this journey of caregiving. And so the fourth book is a book of wisdom. And it's not just for caregivers. It's for anyone who likes to be wise. And who doesn't like to be wise? I mean, you know, there's a book in the Bible called Proverbs, and it's the book of wisdom. And I read this book every single day all my life because there's 30... 30 Proverbs, and there's 30 days in the month, or most months. And so uh, I would read one chapter a day, and that maybe that's why I got so wise. I don't know. But um, I have been married to the same woman for about 45 years. I've been in the same industry or job for 45 years. I've been in the same house for, uh, you know, maybe 20 years. No, tw yeah, 21 years. Before that, I was in that house for like, 15 years before that 20 years and you know i i don't move around very easily uh or very often i should say and and i just kind of like uh what's his name uh the millionaire who still is in the same house he lived in 40 years ago uh warren buffett <laughs> just you know i'm content with life and that's one of the proverbs learn to be content in life don't always want more don't be so greedy and this is one of the benefits of of having God in your life. And I just heard on the radio the other day, it was a conservative uh, show, they were talking about, you know, everyone wants to know why is society falling apart? Why is the black community, you know, mostly in jail? Why, why are, uh, you know, so many people getting killed on the streets? He said, well, you can blame this and you can blame that and you can blame this and you can blame that, but... Uh, you might be right in all of those instances for a portion of that, but the real reason all this is happening is because we have abandoned God. We've taken him out of the uh, schools, 
you know, can't even hang the Ten Commandments on, on the walls. And what is so bad about teaching children the Ten Commandments, do not kill, do not steal, you know, don't uh, sleep with your neighbor's wife, uh, obey your parents. I mean, really, this is bad stuff? And so you take this away. You take away the godly influence because everybody's ungodly these days, it seems like. The media uh, seems like they're ungodly. The government seems like they're ungodly. The uh, the school system seems like they're ungodly. And who's raising the kids? Ungodly people. Because uh, the parents sure aren't. You know, television, the these things, the Internet. I guarantee you there ain't much godly stuff on this thing. <laughs> there ain't much godly stuff on the Internet. Maybe 10%, maybe. So that's why the kids are on drugs. I've got a, a, a grandson who's not doing very well. And, and uh, you know, to be 15, living in this day and age, who is doing well? You know, it, it's it's rare. And so we all we do is pray for him. And, and uh, you know, the schools aren't helping us. The government isn't helping us. The media isn't helping us. We're on our own. Uh, and society isn't helping us because it's like swimming upstream. But... I know. How did I get there? I was on a rant. And um, I try not to talk politics, try not to talk about things that's uh, um, controversial. I don't want to antagonize half of my audience. But, you know, I got to talk about God because he's real. And maybe half the world doesn't believe he is. Maybe half the world hates him. I don't know. But that shouldn't matter. Um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, if you are ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you when you get in heaven to in front of my heavenly father. Because I got news for you. We're all dying. We all don't really, 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 really know what's on the other side. It takes faith to believe what's on the other side. You can believe that there's nothing there, that when we die, it's all black. Well, that's fine. You can believe this is America. You believe whatever you want. You can believe the sky is red or green or yellow. I can believe that there is a God and that there's only one way to get there uh, with him for all eternity. But uh, it's like a Las Vegas crap table, you know. What are the odds that you're right? What are the odds that you're wrong, you know? What if I'm right Then, and I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing? Uh, I'm probably going to get there because I'm, I'm following the rules. But what if you're not following the rules and I'm right and you're wrong and there is no just blackness or peace or light when you die that it's, you know, heaven or hell. Uh, well, you're going to have some trouble. But uh, And so what if I'm wrong? What if you're right, that, that there's just nothing, right? Well, I'll tell you what. I lived a happy, peaceful life. I believed in something that wasn't real, but I was happy. I lived a happy life. And when I die, I'm in the same place you're in. And uh, for some reason, people who don't believe in God have a rough time you know they they get divorced more of course uh, the church is uh catching up to the world in divorces that's because the church is acting more like the world but i'm sorry i did not mean this conversation to go this way i guess this is just my passion let's get back to caregivers the reason i even brought this up is because you will be a better caregiver if you are godly and you believe in god because you can't make it by yourself. You cannot do it on your own strength. Okay, now there might be some people out there doing it on their own strength. Well, God bless you. <laughs> I can't. Well, let me see if I can find another chapter in my book, the one that I uh, am editing still, which is called um, 
Dave's Hammock Wisdom, 99 Lessons Learned Living Life. I'm just going to randomly pick a chapter and see where fate has me read. Okay, lesson 47. Oh, take some selfish me time. All right. I just got out of my jacuzzi. You know what? Before we read this, I'm going to take another break because I've been talking too long and you guys need a break. So we will be right back. Don't go away. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words, Overcoming Unbelievable Hardships is about Charlene, a stroke survivor. Back in 1996, Charlene was a healthy, normal, very active 52-year-old woman whose amazing talents resemble that of both a Martha Stewart and a Wonder Woman. But all that changed when she suffered a massive stroke that left her severely speech-impaired and paralyzed on the right side. Who am I? My name is David. I've had the privilege of being Charlene's husband since 1975. We had a wonderful, fairy tale, storybook-like courtship that culminated in our marriage a year later. Charlene had just come out of a marriage where after 10 years, she received two black eyes and a broken nose by her former husband when he came home high on speed. Charlene believed in no second chances of any kind for abuse, so she left. Finding herself all alone in the world with her five and 10 year old daughters, Cynthia Lorraine and Deborah Lynn, she started raising them by herself for the next two years. Then fate brought us all together. After falling in love with Charlene, Cindy and Debbie, our love then produced Rebecca Elizabeth. We had a wonderful, normal life for the next 20 years. But today, things are very different for everyone. How about the reaction of nine-time Grammy and Dove Award recipient, the godfather of contemporary gospel Christian music, Andre Crouch? Charlene just won't let the promises of God go, and she has not let her circumstances get in the way of her faith. She's not just a survivor, she's more than a conqueror, as the Bible states. You'll be encouraged by her testimony, regardless of what you're going through. Available everywhere. And we are back. So, let me start reading this again. Lesson 47, take some selfish me time. So I just got out of my jacuzzi where I took some important me time after a hard day of caregiving to my wife. I am encouraging everybody to carve out some time for themselves out of the 24 hours that are in each day. Your own me time. Be totally selfish. You have my permission. Do whatever you want to do. If you want to drive to the beach, go ahead. Take a couple hours or more and find someone to take your place at home. Don't even think about it. Just do it, especially if you can't even remember the last time you sat down on the sand and relaxed, if that's your thing, heard the waves crash, meditate, contemplate, pray. Who wouldn't like that? Take inventory of your life and how you've been treating yourself the last one year, two years, five years. Reflect on the last 40 years if you're that old. You might all yourself, is that right? You might all yourself be another typo. Wow, I went over this. You might tell yourself that's impossible, but only if you make it impossible. Where there is a will, there is a way. <clears throat> it really does make a huge difference in your attitude because I have been doing this for the last 40 years. I always take time for me. 
Now, before you sit there and call me a selfish so-and-so, just remember that I am a caregiver. If I don't take care of me, then no one will take care of me. I have to take care of myself first. I have to put my oxygen mask on first, or my loved one is going to suffer and maybe even die. Let me say it again. If you, let me say it again if you missed it. It's okay to be selfish, especially if you're a caregiver. Selfish is not necessarily a dirty word. Do what the airlines tell you. Put your oxygen mask on first before you help your loved one with their mask. You have my permission. You have American Airlines permission. <laughs> you have everybody's permission. The only person who you don't have permission from is yourself. You are your own worst enemy. The way I see it, if you can be your own worst enemy, then, uh, here's another typo, then you can also be your own best friend. So make that decision to just like yourself. I hear people complain all the time, I don't have any friends, boo-hoo. Listen, if you don't have any friends, then be your own best friend. Want a friend? Be a friend. <laughs> so, be selfish, okay? Take, take 15 minutes, take an hour, take a day, whatever you can get away with. Your sanity is worth investing the time and attention into your life, especially if you are a caregiver. Caregivers need a life outside of caregiving, and so do normal people outside of whatever it is they do. Because I'm talking to everybody here. You cannot survive just by doing your J-O-B, your job, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, without a break or a hobby or an interest in something that you're passionate about and enjoy. Don't bring your job home with you. Caregivers, for example, don't work nine to five jobs like other people do. They work 12, 16, 20 hours a day, sometimes 24. And they are even lucky if they get any sleep. Do you know that the average caregiver gets roughly two to three hours of sleep every single night? I can't survive on that. Can you? No wonder they're burned out. Are you stuck in an eat, sleep, work, eat, sleep, work, eat, sleep, work, endless cycle? Break it before it breaks you. No wonder the suicide rates are breaking records. We hear about them so much in the news these days. And even teen suicides now outnumber homicides. Hello, are you listening? Teen suicides now outnumber homicides. Kids need to get off their devices and spend more time in real life, IRL. Not hour upon hour playing group video games behind a computer screen with a headset. <coughs> Excuse me. With a headset on, be selfish and take some me time. Encourage your kids to go outside and run and jump and play. Remember the olden days like we used to do? Well, hopefully you got that message. Hopefully you heard all of this, actually. Let's take another break. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too. Reclaim your caregiver sanity by learning when to say yes and when to say no. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. 
Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through, because he is one. And he now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his incredible caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first, before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Reclaim your caregiver sanity by learning when to say yes and when to say no. We'll help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life, and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today, or buy one for your special caregiver. On sale everywhere, and at caregiverscaregiver.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep breathing, it's gonna be